Hey, fanboy nation. This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching. Fanboy. 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 A fanboy, etc. Fanboy nation. Dot. I assume Tom. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with two hilarious gentlemen that know how to make you laugh at any any point in time, no matter how difficult the situation is. <laughs> we are talking to Neil Cohen and Zach Norman about their film, Chief Zabu, which was 34 years in the making for it to finally be released and is so poignant in what's going on with the world today. Gentlemen, how are you today? Just terrific and delighted to be with you, R.C. Oh, the pleasure is mine. Well, the pleasure's actually mine to be with both of you guys. <laughs> and what about Monica? Isn't she aboard ab- also? Monica's amazing. I'm oh, yeah. great, great. You have, to, you have to watch what you say about me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, w- I, will nev- I will never repeat what Neil told me. Uh, gentlemen, you had mentioned, uh, you know, people have said this is, this film is based on Trump. And at first I was like, I, I didn't understand what they meant. Is it like retroactively connecting to it? But no, Zach, you had mentioned that this film was actually inspired by our current president. Absolutely it was, but it was a New York guy who was just uh, all over the place, you know, everywhere. He had just finished three years before the Trump Tower, and man, I never I never saw a guy needing so much publicity as him. So when we got to this film, which incidentally, the genesis was 1977, I won't go into that, nor will Neil, I'm sure, but it, it, it was based on a meeting that was had. And anyway, I talked to Neil about it, and he said, my God, that's a screenplay. And then we both understood that we were now talking about a caricature or a character, Alan Garfield, doing a Trump because Trump was the king of New York at that time, and never could we ever imagine or thought that he would become the president of the United States. Yeah, it's a comedy about a New York real estate developer who uh, wants to have political power by uh, uh, getting involved in a deal to take over a Polynesian island whose leader is in New York trying to get recognition uh, from the UN, and as preposterous as that plot line sounds, it's actually based on a true story. Oh, absolutely true story. Yeah, you guys were uh, were prophets at this point. Well, we unfortunately we didn't know we were prophets. We were just making fun of a guy who owned a big, tall building. We just didn't know he'd end up to be the forty fifth president of the United States. And thirty later, we still aren't making profits, but we are profits. <laughs> <laughs> Not P R O F I T. Exactly. Very good. Uh, Alan Greenfield plays Ben Sidney in this film, and there's Alan this. Garfield, oh, I'm sorry, Alan Garfield. My, my. I'm sorry, Alan Garfield, because I'm re- I'm reading Ben Sidney and I'm mixing the two names up. So Alan Garfield plays Ben <laughs> Sidney. I call them Alan Sidney. 
And he has Alan this Sydney, right? yeah, he has this running gag throughout the entire picture where he's just constantly chewing on peanuts. Was this his yeah. own, own idea, or did you guys come up with this and and just twist it in there? Because it's absolutely a visually hysterical gag. Absolutely. He showed up on the first day of shooting with a bag of peanuts. Now, that's correct. Now, a guy who would get so deep into character that you couldn't get him out of character. And I also knew him as a guy who would show up at our, me and my wife had a little tenement apartment on the east side, and he would show up at all times and, 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 and invite himself to dinner, except he would bring his own food, because he was always under dietary restriction. And then he would sit down, eat his own food, and then eat everybody's leftovers. So <laughs> he stuffed with a bag of peanuts on the set of Chief Zabu, I just thought it was, you know, an annoyance. And Zach told me, calm down, let him do whatever he wants to do. It's Alan Garfield. He's made 125 movies. Let's go with it. And yeah. uh, there it is. I mean, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, it is hilarious. And it, and it was Alan's instinctive life was part of it. Peanuts. <laughs> So, so now, unfortunately, a lot of people think because of the movie that Trump is also a peanut eater, and I don't believe he is. And, and the peanuts led to such wonderful improv over the course of the movie. So Ed Lauder, who is a very uh, uh, notable character, always playing a bad guy, a prison guard, an evil cop. He wanted to be in our movie because we learned that he started his career as a stand-up comedian, which nobody knew. Um, and you know, he was in great movies like The Longest Yard and all this. So he would keep calling Alan on the peanuts, and Alan would just go with it. And you know, you let the camera run, and you never know what you're going to capture. And uh, we captured a lot of fun. Yeah, what we did, and, and it's interesting, we always did the first take, which was the exact script that Neil and I, and, and, and most, uh, most intelligently Neil, uh, wrote. So the first, the first shot was always literally what we'd written. And then from there, we, in every scene, we got one to go off and do a little tangent <laughs> improvisation. So it's a combination of the literal script and some improv that we would allow to come in when we did the cutting. Right. Wow. I mean, the, the film is fun. It's roughly an hour and 15 minutes uh, from opening to closing credits. And you exactly. have... exactly. Yeah, and you have Alan Arbus in, uh, in there as George Dankworth, uh, who plays not only a, a sleazy businessman, but a shyster trying to get one over on everybody in order to seal the deal. You know, That's right. Alan Arbus was so brilliant in this movie and had no idea what was going on while we were filming it because he came learning the script and going back to what Zach is talking about. He didn't know that he was going to walk into scenes that people were going to be improving. So he would stay with the script and the dynamic of him doing these slow burns with uh, Zach and Alan Garfield is so, so priceless. Um, he just was such a beautiful guy to work with 
I hope he didn't take too many years off his life. Um, it was, uh, uh, you know, we shot the entire movie in 15 days. Wow. We had no And, uh, uh, you know, I say this as a joke, but it's true that we had never directed a movie before and didn't know that when you're directing your first movie in 15 days, it's not supposed to have 43 speaking roles, 23 locations, and take place in three cities on two continents. So, uh, <laughs> of, you know, I, I hope this movie is an inspiration to some young filmmakers who uh, think they can't do something because their their mind is too ambitious. Just, to, to, inter, to interject one location that, that he's talking about is the Polynesian island happened to be a timeshare that I had for one week a year in St. Croix. So that's where we got that. And every time you stood in New York, which we did a, a day and a half, You'd stand outside the Plaza Hotel, and when you walked into any interior, it was at Bard College. <laughs> That's so amazing. That was that was yeah, it was really amazing in that that regard. Neil, in our pre-interview, you said that there was a bit of a problem in trying to find the original because it was buried so far deep that you had a copy of a copy of a copy that you tried to get transferred. Take us back into not only finding the original print, but what was the catalyst when you guys said, wait a minute, we made this movie that didn't get distributed? Yeah, we were uh, having dinner on the same day that uh, Donald Trump came down that elevator saying he wanted to be president. And Zach and I were having dinner. We hadn't seen each other for a couple of months. Um, uh, and we looked at each other and said, you know, we made a movie about a New York real estate developer who wants to have political power. Let's take, let, let's take a, a look at that film that we have. Uh, maybe there's a way to, to get it out there. Let's see what it looks like. And uh, all we had was a fifth-generation VHS which uh, is, uh, I'm sure there's a, a very young audience you have. Well, if I may just interject one thing before that, is we had to go look because we had no idea where the material was at that point. So please go ahead, Neil. It's a tape with no outtake, certainly. And the, the, the VHS tape, which is a very soft medium in itself, was fifth generation, so it was uh, almost like watching ghosts. And uh, so we had that transferred to digital, uh, found somebody who could cut the movie on their laptop, uh, in our mind, uh, going back 30 years to, to recut a picture. You needed to hire a uh, editor in a room smoking a cigar with a moviola, which would cost you $200 an hour. So we never even considered it. Now we found that you can get somebody to cut the picture on the on their laptop for $200 a week. So we cut the picture, and, uh, and then this uh, actor said to us, you can't show this movie to human beings. And we said, why not? And she said, because we're the only ones who can make out what's going on on the screen. You need to find the negative. And we had no idea where the negative was. We called and searched for a month uh, trying to contact every place this negative could have been and finally found the negative in Zach's basement buried under tax records and old laundry. And we took the negative over to a place called Photochem, which is the last lab in L.A. that handles 35-millimeter film. 
and uh, told this story to this guy. He said, we don't have any bread, but we got to get this thing transferred. And the guy said, well, even though you're an aggregate 143 years old between the two of you, you are you are legit first-time indie low-budget filmmakers, so I'll give you the student rate to make the transfer. Wow. So uh, it's a very nice Hollywood story. Well, but there's another great story out of this, and that is for everybody, because we hadn't seen this picture for 30 years, and it was about 90 minutes. We had no outtakes. All we had is the picture. And the cut that we made from 90 to 75 minutes approximately was only because of growing 30 years older. <laughs> we looked at this picture and we were able to, I don't think we had one, uh, one argument about any cut. Is that right, Neil? Yeah, no, absolutely. We just sat next to each other and said, that's got to go, that's got to go, that's got to go, yeah. Were these so jokes that... In the same picture. Right. Were these jokes that wouldn't hit today for, uh, um, you know, the sensibilities of a modern audience? No, it was more a question of plot tangents that <clears> went off to the left and right that uh, I guess we thought we were being cute in those days, but uh, you would lose the focus of the story on, on our main guy. And uh, we just uh, decided our, our main guy was the guy being played by Alan Garfield, this Ben Sidney character. And once you stripped away all the fat, this thing started being funnier and faster and more coherent. And we said, let's just cut it till we like the movie. And, uh, and, and that's what we did. Exactly. And then, and then, uh, and then, a few years later, after we finished, because we finished very late at that time, towards the election, we had one more chance at it, and we and we were that much older, and did another cut, and that's the cut that's on the platforms now, the screening platforms. And uh, I just want to shut my phone off, which I thought I had. Um, so anyway, uh, the amazing thing was that we made a third cut and we finished on the very day, April 7th of this year, that Alan unfortunately died. Wow. You know, I would so have loved to see Alan's reaction to all of this. Oh, me too, man. Yeah, yeah. He, was a, he was a wonderful guy, a beautiful guy, very serious, and, and, and a guy who uh, brought along half the cast because Alan was a very... Uh, uh, important force at the actor's studio. And so when he was doing this movie, he put out the word to a lot of friends. Like the guy who plays Steve Zabu is a guy named Manu Tupu, who was a terrific actor and an acting teacher at the actor's studio, who happened to be legitimate Tongan royalty. And yeah. when, when Manu Tupu found out he could play a role of a uh, uh, a Polynesian uh, political leader, and he got to wear a suit. He was so excited uh, 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 that uh, he came up and was in the movie, as was Mariana Hill, and a number of people who came from the actor's studio to participate. So um, it, it, it's a fun story, and a fun story about a couple of filmmakers who were, yeah, nutty guys and whatever, but who, over the course of some 34 years, got to recut their picture 
having fun, not being miserable, not being embittered, not being, oh, this is terrible, what happened to us. Just, hey, let's have fun, man. And uh, and cutting a picture that nobody actually had ever seen until they get to see it now. One thing I, I was going to bring up, Manu, to you about this is that he was the most eloquent, well, uh, well-spoken character in the entire film. And he was the most reasonable politician in the film, and he's the one that still gets screwed like any reasonable politician in modern times. You got it. That's that. You got it. That's the that's the story of politics to me. <laughs> the story of the movie we went out to make. You know, everybody who touches this guy and is involved with this guy comes up better at the end triumphantly in one way or another, except the guy who's the decent guy who's getting ripped off. And certainly that's often the story of life. And I think all of us have, have tasted a little of that We turned it into comedy. It, it's very Machiavellian in that, in that aspect. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I um, agree. Yeah. The, the film itself, you know, it, it would have been considered like an eighties kind of screwball comedy if it had gone the full 90 minutes, which you, you guys were saying. But one thing, and it shows up in the trailer, so I'm not getting a spoiler in this. When when Zach's character Sam starts doing the math, and yeah. I I could not stop laughing because there's actually a professional wrestling joke about that. Some guy named Scott Steiner who was doing that that sort of math, dividing things into percentages and whatnot, and none of it made sense for his for his promo. And here we are, 34 years in the past, and the same thing happened in this film. And I thought it was hilarious where I get 10% of your 10% of his 100%. I get one one twenty fifth of this percentage from this one. Oh, my God. Was that ad-libbed or was that actually in the script? Well, it was partly and mostly actually in the script. However, when you got to the end of the piece where it was in the script, I couldn't help but continue into the other decimals and participants of the numbers because, to me, it was just the life I led when I was in the real estate business. <laughs> and I'm sure yeah, there was... Yeah, I've had those conversations with Zach. I won't say one too many times. I'll just say many times. And when he's cutting down those percentages, if you're a math, if you have a math head, it, it actually works. <laughs> Yeah, it did work, and Alan was right there listening, which he didn't do a lot. But you can't say much when you're talking about him getting a piece of the piece. <laughs> yeah. When you get to those numbers, has there been an accountant that came in and then crunched the numbers and go, oh, my God, you know, what ended up being a joke was actually accurate? No, the only accountant <laughs> I ever knew that saw the picture twitched. <laughs> um. You know, the, our, our current president has been divisive. Um, I'd say probably our last three have been quite divisive. Um, but only more so to put the professional wrestling connection back to it since he is a WWE Hall of Famer. He's a bit more classy Freddie Blassie in his approach to his public persona. Um, have you had viewers from the left and the right discuss this film with you and give their take on it, whether they, you know, they saw this as a slight of our current incumbent or thought, Oh my God, this is a hundred percent him. I I've listened to both sides of it. And when I find people who are, you know, Biden people or anti-Trump people, they just revel in it and laugh and love it. 
And when I find the Trumpian who sees the picture, they always say the same thing. This has nothing to do with Trump. <laughs> I mean, they get they get they get crazed. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people who ask me also, which one is Trump? <laughs> so, so I get a, a, a bit of the opposite. I find that people think that we're very kind in our and, and compassionate in our depiction of this guy Ben Sidney because he's so needful he wants to be loved he's in over his head perhaps but uh, uh, he, he wants to be liked and so um, it, I, we think it's kind of not a vicious portrayal of somebody we think it's a kind of loving portrayal of, of somebody who has a dream of being important and, uh, uh, you know, I, I think you're describing Trump himself. That's yeah. what you're saying. This man desperately wants to be loved. Trump I'm talking about as well as, well as Alan's character. I mean, this is what I saw. I saw a man and I see a man every day when he talks. He wants people to love him. He wants respect. Yeah. It's, it, that's the way I see it. I mean, online a bit, I've had some people say, how dare you, uh, you know, do this? Uh, that's my guy. And I've had other people on the left say, how dare you do this? You're too nice to the guy. <laughs> well, sure. I, I only have one hope for politics as a whole, and that is no more three-year campaigns. I want us to follow the European model of you got 90 days to figure out who you like out of out of these two parties, and if you can't figure it out in three months, I don't know what to tell you. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you're talking to two guys who've had a 34-year campaign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's absolutely right. And I grew up in a uh, political family. <laughs> a small town political family and the stuff that i saw as a kid really motivated my participation in this because unfortunately if you want to win you got to win all these different ways with so many different people yeah. so it's a quid pro quo and that's what politics is about unfortunately yeah you know, I mean, we can fantasize about getting the money out of politics from the lobbyists, but the reality is this is how how it goes. And 34 years later, we're still following the same pattern. That's right. That's yeah. right. It's the, it's called the human condition. Now, in, in some countries, there is no politics. There's just a dictator, and they deal as they like. Right. And they get to make all the choices they want, and That's it's based right. on their whim of the day. That's yeah. it. And everybody gets a taste except those who don't, which is about 99% of the population. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, the end of November to see what happens. I don't, you know, one way or the other, somebody's going to be in there. Um, I think it's funny that no matter what, when people were complaining that we're, you know, they're tired of old white guys, we're getting two old white guys running. So, you know. Pick your poison well, at that I, point. I think you're being, I think you're being quite optimistic because I don't think if Trump loses, I don't think he's going to uh, settle for that. And I think this thing may go on a long time thereafter. You think he's going to camp in the Lincoln uh, room? Well, I think it's back to uh, our 
skill as a wrestling referee, you may be called in. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. I'm sorry. I, and I was a wrestler as a kid, uh, and, and unfortunately uh, uh, at a very lightweight class. <laughs> I, I wrestled. I couldn't. I couldn't make the transition. <laughs> I, I wrestled uh, light heavyweight and heavyweight, so yeah. <laughs> Did you? Well, I was the lightest. My first matches were in the 115-pound weight class, and I weighed 98. Whew. Yeah, you were on the smaller end of the uh, of the weight line. The smaller end of the thing. I was also younger than all the other people, but uh, that's another story. <laughs> well, the sport of wrestling toughens you up, so... Yeah, yeah. Oh, it sure did, man. Sure did. And Neil's sitting there going, I played baseball. I don't care about this. <laughs> what was that, Neil? You were breaking up. No, I was just saying, yeah, no, I was uh, glued to a television. You know, watching. <laughs> yeah. watching. Well, he, glued, he was glued to a television, and I grew up without television. It didn't come in until I was 11. Now, I have That's to, fact. gentlemen, before I let you go, I have to ask this question, um, not to pick sides for anyone because I don't want anyone to pick sides for me. Uh, the hope for the audience after watching Chief Zabu that took 34 years to, to finish, start, uh, editing started or re-editing started during the last election cycle. The film comes out in this election cycle. What do you want the audience to get from the film? I want them to have a good time, really. Uh, you know, right now, a lot of people are in a lot of pain. And uh, we don't have to list the litany of things that are stressing people out. And this is a, a movie where anyone could just kind of kick back. And it goes back to that era of uh, people who've compared it to trading places and things like that, that sort of 80s comedy that uh, you could just have a little bit of fun. And, and that's really what I want people to get out of it, some fun. Well, I want fun, too, but I would like also for them to feel the way some people have described the picture, that they haven't seen one quite like this. And it gave them a real inside look to the goings-on in the political world and what people are after. This, this, it's the human condition uh, uh, more than that, as much as the political condition. And unfortunately, uh, it's terrible, but it makes you laugh pretty hard when you look at it. And then you see that maybe you're a little part of it here and there. Well, when it was described as a satire, and I'm watching you actually describe these politicians, these megalomaniacs, these people that are sitting there, uh, I think it was John Rockefeller that said, um, what was it, money is to be made when there's blood in the streets. Uh, wow. You know, um, and the politicians are going, hey, this, this nation is trying to get into the, uh, you know, into the uh, United Nations, so we're just going to sit there and milk them for all their natural resources the minute they're in. Yeah. Each one wanted their own piece, that's yeah. all. And I, I sat there, wow. I was like, well, that's not really satire, that's pretty accurate. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It's, it's the real It's the real condition. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. Gen well, it's been great. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, tell me the platforms that uh, people can see Chief Zabu on. 
They can see it on Google, Amazon, iTunes, and Voodoo. And it's out now, right? It's out now. It's playing now. And people are really, at least the people I've spoken to, really enjoyed it. Really, you know, they they laugh and they also think. Right. Which which is a which is a wonderful uh, and delicious ending to a story. Well, before last thing, if you guys have any social media or a website that you want to plug, please let me know uh, now so we can plug it in the interview. Okay, okay. so appreciate it, and I so appreciate Monica's participation in getting us to you, and thank you all, and thank you, Neil. Yeah, no problem. The social media that I operate is called, uh, it's Instagram and it's American Gargoyle. It's a, uh, right now it's a dealing with Chief Zabu. We also have at Chief Zabu and, uh, the website is ChiefZabu.com. But go to American Gargoyles and I'm putting up a lot of fun stuff there about the movie. And my main interest is getting my car to start. <laughs> Yeah. That, that reminds me, gentlemen, this, this part right here is off the record when, uh, <laughs> you know, cause I don't want it to be a spoiler for the film. So I'm, this part I'm going to cut out. But when, <laughs> but when Alan's character is sitting there and, uh, Ed's character called him Mercedes Ben and he got offended because he was like, if I bought a Cadillac for $20,000 and I sell it in five to 10 years, it's only a $5,000 resale, but if I spend 60000 on the Mercedes in five to 10 years, I only, you know, I make 30000 And then your character, I Sam, explains to him, oh, my God. I was just like, finally, somebody that's a voice of reason when it comes to luxury cars and, and the resale volume thing. Isn't it terrific? And how about what we were doing while we were having the conversation? <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that conversation, like, I've had that conversation so many times with friends trying to explain to them that, like, yeah, because they were, well, they were arguing between buying a Cadillac and buying a, a Chevy. And I'm like, they're both GM. The parts aren't different. That's right. You, you're absolutely right. And it's terrific that it's one, it's one of my delicious scenes, too, in the movie, you know. <laughs> That's great. This, that part, because I, so I didn't want that as a spoiler, but, oh, God, it I got me so hard. Yeah. That's great. And I, I so appreciate your, your, uh, your enthusiasm and, and allowing us uh, uh, a piece of this time. Really terrific. Yeah. Well, th thank you, gentlemen, and thank you to Monica, of course, for setting this up. Monica and I have worked together for the past three or four years on various conventions and uh, and events, and when movies like this come up, I don't care who's on what political side. I just want it to be fun, you know, and when the jabs come yeah. and they're accurate, it's even better. That's well, so great, and thank you. We know Monica for a very short amount of time, and already I could say she's the <laughs> <laughs> well, terrific. Well, so thank, you, thank you, thank you all. Much appreciation, Absolutely. and uh, hopefully one day when this pandemic lifts, we may even get to see each other. God willing. Exactly. Yeah, there. Physically, <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, all right. Take care, thank everyone. You so much. You got bye it. Bye bye. Bye bye. Everybody.